0: Welcome to Aptivate, a podcast for mobile marketers brought to you by Remerge. Take a short break from your screen and listen to what's working in mobile marketing and what's not, straight from the people who are doing it now. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of our Women in Mobile series here on Aptivate, brought to you by Remerge. I'm your host, Maria Lannon, and it's been quite some time since we recorded one of these segments. Definitely happy to be back. It's a new year, 2023, lots of exciting stuff in store. For our listeners who might be new here, Women in Mobile is dedicated to featuring women in our space to talk about their careers, challenges, opportunities, and offer advice. I'm excited to kick off 2023 with a fabulous guest, Allie Hitchcock, who is the Lifecycle Marketing Manager at House. Allie, what's going on? It's good to have you.
1: Thanks, Maria. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Yeah. Like I said, we haven't recorded one of these in a while, so definitely happy to have you on. To get us started, where are you based? I'm based in
1: Orlando, Florida.
0: I just moved here in June. Oh, nice. How's that been? Do you like it? It's been great. Yeah. Getting used to the change of weather or lack thereof here, there <laughs> the <air. laughs> but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great. Where'd you move from? I was in DC before this. Oh, nice. Okay. So you went from having four seasons to exactly one and a half, maybe?
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. So rough summer weather-wise last year, but I'm enjoying it now that it's January and I don't have to wear a coat ever.
0: Yeah, that must be nice. So are you going into the office or do you work fully remote? I work fully remote. There is not a house office down here, actually. Oh, nice. What prompted the move to Orlando? (laughs) My
1: fiance actually just started a residency program at the hospital down here. He's an ER doctor.
0: So I came to be with him. Oh, wow. ER doctor. That has to be very stressful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very stressful, very different schedules,
0: but yeah, enjoying it a lot. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Can you tell us a little bit about HOWES, what your role is? Lifecycle marketing. A lot of our listeners come from the mobile space. Maybe they're not as familiar with lifecycle marketing, but would be good to understand Hows. your role. Go from there. Absolutely. So at house we have
1: both a consumer side. So for people who are making renovations to their house or hiring designers or just looking for inspiration in these areas. And then we also have the pro side. And I work on the pro side. And so that is working with general contractors, interior designers, as I mentioned, different people in these industries and helping them do their jobs better. So we have an app that helps pros to do things like create and share estimates or create mood boards or floor plans. And these are industries where a lot of the time this work is very manual. And so we're helping them be more efficient at their jobs and work better with their own customers as well. So yeah, I work on the lifecycle marketing Side of things, there are two people who are technically in my role. The other is, is a little bit more focused on the demand gen side of things, whereas I'm focused on primarily activation and onboarding our pros. So I'm working primarily with email and then a little bit in push as well, and helping them basically better understand the, and use the product. So it entails a lot of thinking about that end user and how would they ideally onboard and get to know the House Pro app better and use it better.
0: Okay, so yeah, I was going to ask you about if you are doing more of the user acquisition for the pro side, like trying to get pros to start using house, but it sounds like you're doing more of the retention piece.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a matter of, there's a little bit where we're doing things like trying to drive free trials and that kind of thing. That's a little bit less of my area. Mine is more focused on pros who are getting started with using the product. And we have a level of interest there, but really helping them make the most of their experience and hopefully boost that interest and make them more successful with using it. So yeah, there's absolutely a retention aspect as well.
0: So what channels are you leveraging right now for retention and having them get started? I guess- In short, what does your day-to-day look like? What are you managing? Are you speaking directly to these customers? Tell me what that looks like.
1: So I'm working primarily with email. I mentioned that's where I spend most of my day is coming up with new email tests that we want to run. So for different subsets of these pros, we have onboarding series, we have activation triggers that we're sending them. We'll do some different kind of ad hoc sends as well running a lot of tests in that area from anything from testing different content and subject lines to different design. We have really great copy and design teams here at House, so working really closely with them. And then also just testing the timing of different messages and that sort of thing using holdout groups. So that's where most of my time is occupied. And then I am doing a little bit more with Push Now. So that's both trying to drive free trials of pros for pros who are on free plans, letting them explore other plans and seeing what they can do with the paid plan. And then also doing some activation testing with push as well. So sending messages to pros saying, you haven't explored an estimate yet will help you create your first one. So with both ways of reaching out to these pros, it's really a matter of making them aware of everything that they can do on House Pro and helping them take those steps to use it
0: successfully. Awesome. Definitely a lot to be managing for sure especially for newer users of the product.
1: Yeah, there's so much that you can do with it. And I think we want to make sure that they're aware of all the different possibilities. I think there's definitely this aspect of having to step into their shoes and understand where they would be coming from as a new pro who has not experienced the app before. I think it's easy to take things for granted as somebody working internally. We're talking about these different tools all day and you forget that the end user, the customer is not going to be aware of things nearly on the level that we are internally.
0: Yeah. So to take a step back, there's two sides of the business. You have your pro side, and then you have users that are actually doing those home renovations. How are they getting connected? And are you a part of that cycle or are you just focused on getting these pros set up and then going from there?
1: One aspect of house pro is This lead generation aspect. And so with our ultimate plan, we'll help connect the end home renovators, homeowners to people who are working in the business, the pro side. And so those two sides really come together there. And so that's really neat to see. But yeah, I would say primarily, I am thinking about also these tools for pros who already have customers and helping them make the most of their work with that customer and and using those tools better. Creating estimates, as I said, creating floor plans. Those are all for pros who already have those customers. But I think also with that aspect, then you see that these are pros who are able to retain their own customers better. So it's neat to see those two different sides of generating leads and helping them bring new customers in and then also be successful in working with them themselves. There's like an interesting parallel, I think, in that these are things that I'm concerned about in lifecycle marketing. And then that carries over to the pro side too, that they're also concerned about working with their own customers.
0: That's interesting. How did you end up at House? Because I know you started what a little less than a year ago. So what brought you there? Had you actually used the product? I always find that really interesting if you actually were a user <laughs> of the app or whatever it might be. But yeah, I'm just curious like how did you end up there? Where were you before and how do you end up in lifecycle marketing?
1: Yeah, so before I was at House, I'll take two steps back actually. One of my first jobs out of college was at a small startup called Consider, and it was 11 people, and we were kind of an email platform and had a fantastic experience there, learned a ton. And unfortunately, we folded at the beginning of the pandemic. That's when I I moved on to my next job. Wow, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not an uncommon thing.
0: Especially for that to happen at your first job out of school, that had to have been extremely challenging, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, it was tough. I knew that I was in good company and that there were a lot of talented people going through the same thing, but it was tough. But when I was in that first role at Consider, I was working in customer support and education. As you can imagine, at a small startup, you're wearing many hats. And so I was both messaging with end users and hearing about their experiences and dealing with their issues and trying to make improvements based on those. And then also doing things like writing user guides and working on our help center. And I think with that role, I learned a lot about just understanding the user perspective. And as we were just talking about making sure that you're understanding things from their point of view and not taking for granted the things that we know working internally. So that was a really great growth experience. And even though we folded, I am so glad that I worked there because I just learned a ton. And I think it helped me build this interest in hearing that user experience. And so. From there, I moved to a company called Loom. It's a video recording and sharing platform. Great product, I still use it. And I started working in customer education there as well. So again, focusing on that end user and speaking directly to them. And with that, I think when I started at Loom, I was one of the earlier employees and it grew a ton while I was there. And so my role shifted over time as we grew and as the marketing team grew. and. Eventually, we found that there was a need for lifecycle marketing, and I was pretty well positioned for that, given that I had this experience of really thinking carefully about the language that end users are using and speaking that language and reflecting on that. And so I ultimately moved into lifecycle marketing there and did very similar work to do what I'm doing now at House, and that I was working on lifecycle emails and running different tests and that kind of thing. And eventually I found that I wanted to grow into a role where we had more people who were doing the same thing and we had more resources. And it's amazing the growth that we had at Loom in my time there.
0: Were you just on your own when you were doing the lifecycle marketing at Loom,
1: I was, yeah. So I had an amazing product marketing team that I was under, had an amazing boss there and a ton of other great resources, not only on the product marketing team that I sat alongside, but also the sales team and all kinds of other teams at Loom, great people there. But I did not have a boss above me who was directly working in lifecycle marketing and I didn't have counterparts doing similar work to me. And that's hard. Yeah, it was tough. I'm um, still pretty young in my career. And so,
0: yeah, not being able to just bounce ideas off of people or ask as many direct questions. Cause I think you can certainly ask people that are in under your same org and or maybe another department. But like for me, I couldn't imagine not having somebody that isn't in my role directly and really just navigating that on your own. So, really impressive. So, kudos to you to be able to do that. But I can understand how hard that could be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was very lucky to have the team that I did and just learned a ton from them. But I did hit a point where I started to feel like I was hitting a little bit of a ceiling in my own growth and that, as you said, I didn't just have somebody who I could bounce ideas off of as easily as I found that I have at House. And so that's how I ended up there. We have a really great lifecycle marketing team and I'm impressed also not only with the team structure itself but also with the reporting that we have in place and so that's something that I was also really looking for is more of a foundation on the data end of things having reporting being able to measure the success of different tests and campaigns a little bit more easily so yeah i've had a really great experience with house in those areas especially and yeah as i said i'm still doing similar work i'm still doing lifecycle marketing I'm still spending a lot of time drafting and planning emails but i am really pleased with the infrastructure that we have in
0: place here at house Yeah, that's great. I wanted to go back to what you had mentioned also about working remotely and not feeling siloed and all of that. And so I imagine when you were at Loom, being on your own team, that can be very siloed and probably, like we said, challenging. Have you been able to navigate that at house? Obviously, you're probably not by yourself as the only lifecycle marketer, but have you been able to ramp up any advice that you can give? Because I know despite the fact that Everything I'm reading is saying that people are going back into the office. It's still a very much hybrid situation for a lot of companies, and I think a lot of companies, especially in our world, are still fully remote,
1: totally, yeah, with house my team counterpart is based in Dallas. My boss is in l a We're very spread out. We work very closely with a European team, most of them are in London. I think that just being active even just on Slack. And I think sometimes being in a remote environment, you have to push yourself to ask certain questions and bring up certain topics that you wouldn't in an office necessarily, that sometimes I'll find myself saying, is this really worth bugging this person about over Slack when I don't know how busy they are because they're in their state and I'm in mine. And I think you have to push past that and Just be willing to reach out to people. And I think the more frequently that you can have even just these casual conversations, the more naturally you build relationships with people.
0: What do you think's like made you successful working remotely or really just in your day to day, like any deal breakers that you can share? Because I know, especially people that are starting off early in their career, it's hard to get into a rhythm and know what do I need and what are the tools and resources that I need on a day to day basis. And have you been able to advocate for yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think working remotely specifically, this varies so much person to person. I think for me, I have found the most success in just really embracing flexibility. And I'm lucky to be at a company that feels that way as well and stands by that value. But I think I have found that there's a give and take with working remotely. And I am lucky to be on a team that is flexible if I want to take a call from the airport or if I want to go run an errand in the middle of the day. With that, I have found that I do find myself sometimes checking Slack notifications after hours or checking my email. And that's something that I maybe will change my stance on over time. I don't mind it right now. I like feeling connected to the business at different hours, but I think you do definitely have to be careful about setting boundaries. And I think something that's still in progress for me is determining what those boundaries are. But right now, I would say with that give and take, I like the balance of it. I like being able to set my own hours and set my own pace for things. So I think that's been a huge plus for me. And then in terms of just standard deal breakers or must-haves, I think it's been increasingly important for me to feel really plugged into the reporting and data aspect of things. So I know that I mentioned this earlier, but feeling like I'm understanding not just basic things like are pros clicking on our emails? Are they opening them? But also taking that a step further and really being able to connect things back to the product. So saying, are users actually going in and creating an estimate? Are they creating a floor plan? That sort of thing. So I think being able to make sure that we have reporting set up for those areas and feeling like I'm more connected to the business that way. I think that's been really critical and something that's necessary, I think, really in any role that you have. And that also helps with feeling siloed, that you feel more connected to other areas in that process.
0: Yeah. When you know that you're impacting the business and you can actually see it numbers-wise. Yep, exactly. Yeah. That's huge. What are some KPIs that you are looking at on a day-to-day basis that influence the company and where you have that feeling like, okay, I can actually see the impact of my work. And I know that this is what I need to achieve in order to be successful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this depends a lot, I think, on the individual pro and what their specific interest is. We try to make sure that we're catering to their needs and what interests them. We understand that somebody who's an interior designer is not going to care as much about things that are specific to a general contractor. And so There's a lot of variation there. We'll look at things like creating and sharing estimates, creating floor plans. Really, it comes down to just these specific...
0: So kind of like overall engagement.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Specific actions in the app. We understand that there are certain things that are going to be most valuable to a user and that will help predict, are they going to be successful long-term? So try to cater to those.
0: And so are you in your role, you're tracking engagement within the app and then are you backing that out into a user's lifetime value? What does that look like? And how long, I guess, obviously the goal is to keep a contractor in house, right? And not lose them. So are there certain like retention goals that you need to achieve or does that fall under another team?
1: Yeah, these fall on under a number of teams. I think with each individual team, we have our own subset of goals that add up together to larger ones. So I think that's where that partnership aspect of making sure that we're really in tune with what product marketing is working on or what the sales team is working on. That's where that comes into play because we all have very broadly the same end goals of helping these pros be successful in using the app and helping them stick around. So then it's really just a matter of breaking down which team is responsible for what.
0: Is there anything this year that you've done in years past that you want to work on professionally, personally, that you feel like you're going to do different this year?
1: Yeah. Good question. On this topic of remote work, I'm excited to get a little bit of a change of scenery during my work and switch things up. I feel like I have gotten a really good pattern down now going on three years into working remotely. I've gotten down a good pattern of understanding my workflow at home and building that routine. And now I feel like I'm confident enough to make some changes. So I have some travel coming up in a couple of months that I'm really excited about. It'll be my first time working from a European time zone and trying to align with the rest of my team.
0: Is this personal travel or for work?
1: This is personal travel, but it's working travel. So I will be working while I'm there, but I'm super excited for that. I'll be there for about three weeks. And this is where I have to shout out the rest of my team for their own flexibility that they're very much on board with it. And so it's really nice to have that foundation. And then I think beyond that, also just switching things up and even working from a coffee shop every once in a while, that's really not something that I do. I'm very used to being parked at my desk at home, which is great. But I think with remote work, you might as well embrace these opportunities if you can build them in. So super excited for that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Where are you going in Europe? I
1: have a few countries on my list. I'm doing London, I'm doing Florence, I'm doing Zurich, Switzerland. I have a few day trips that I think I'll also build in a couple other cities in Italy. I want to do Milan and Rome. So I haven't mapped everything out yet. I've booked my main tickets.
0: I was just in Milan this summer. Beautiful.
1: I would love to hear recommendations. Yeah, on I
0: can, <laughs> <online>. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that should be really nice. I'm super excited for that. That's awesome. Are you doing this solo or? I'm going with my sister. Oh, okay. Amazing.
1: Yeah, we're doing a sister's trip. Yeah, so that should be really nice.
0: That's awesome. Good for you. This is the beauty of remote work. Are you going to be working European time or US hours? I have to determine that. I need to figure out my
1: schedule there. It's tough when you have West Coast US with Europe. You don't get so much overlap there. But yeah, again, my team has just been super flexible about it. So I'll have to talk that out more with them. But I feel confident that we'll get a plan down.
0: Yeah, I know. Our company's headquartered in Berlin. So I always feel for the people on the West Coast. They're starting their day and it's so hard to get in touch with people there because they're ending theirs. Yeah, it's tough. Another question. What are you most excited about or hopeful regarding mobile marketing this year or just like in the future in general?
1: I think there are more opportunities than ever to help connect users with their own data and their own successes and using an app, whether that's On my side, like a general contractor who successfully shared an estimate or everybody loves their Spotify wrapped music lovers who are celebrating being the top X percent of listeners of a certain artist or Duolingo will send me reminders telling me about my practice streaks. And I think this is an area that has just grown exponentially over the years of helping users better understand their own usage and their own successes. And I think those are
0: great opportunities to help
1: them celebrate
0: yeah. Gets you excited about using the app too.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's encouraging and it's also just fun. I and mean, I think any opportunity to spark joy and help users be genuinely happy about what they're doing with your app. Like that's a win-win. Absolutely. So I am excited to explore more opportunities to do that with HasPro.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And I love like taking ideas from other apps like Spotify with the Spotify wrapped or like showing how many hours you listened this past year, which Honestly, it was eye opening for me. I'm like,
1: (laughs) I know it can be surprising.
0: Yeah. Like am I a top user (laughs) here, highly, highly engaged. Or yeah, like you mentioned, Duolingo, like having your streak or something that's going to play into everyone's competitive nature or trying to, especially at the beginning of the year, everyone's trying to do something, pick up something new. So anything that can like placate to that is really cool and getting behind the whole psychology behind it as well, which I'm sure you do a lot in your role.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting. It's just a win-win in that I think it's great for us on the marketing side to have a better understanding of these numbers. And if the user is excited about them too, then what's not to like?
0: Any ideas about how you guys are going to tackle that this year?
1: I don't know. I know that we have in product components for this right now. So we have a really great foundation set up. I think it'll be a matter of figuring out how do we package this information up into an email or even a push notification. I think you could explore that with push too. So I will have to do some brainstorming.
0: I'm actually excited to follow up on this. I'm going (laughs) to, because I did download the app and I was searching around beforehand. So now I'm going to have to see what's new and what's happening. (laughs) Great. All right. So as we're wrapping up, I do want to ask you, since this is Women in Mobile series, any advice that you can give to women just starting out in their careers? Obviously, you and I are both very early on in our careers. So sometimes I do feel silly when asked this, but I do want to ask what's one piece of advice maybe that you've been given or one that you would encourage some of our female listeners to take advantage of?
1: I would say... This is definitely something that is easier said than done, and it takes practice over time, but do try to recognize that everybody's human and you are your own worst critic and that mistakes are inevitable now early in our careers, but also down the line. It's part of life, and if you're taking risks in your job, as you should, they're especially likely to happen. So I think you have to take a step back and, again, realize that these are things that probably in all likelihood, you're going to worry about much more than anybody else on your team or outside it. So I think when I've made mistakes in my own role... I have tried to make sure that I'm taking responsibility, of course, and obviously making a mental note to take whatever steps I need to take to prevent that mistake from happening in the future. And then I have to tell myself to get on with my life. And that's the advice that I would give to other women who are starting in their careers. Move on and do better next time. And you'll find that you'll feel better about it and your boss probably will too. These are actually opportunities, I think, to really build credibility and show that you're learning and making improvements over time. So I know as I said it's easier said than done, but try not to beat yourself up about mistakes would be my advice.
0: Yeah, taking it as an opportunity. I like that. Any resources you have that have been like helpful for you, books, any email lists or publications that you subscribe to that have been helpful for you that you'd recommend?
1: I just finished reading a book called Build a Brand like Trader Joe's. It's by Mark Gardner. And Reddit, in part because I'm a huge Trader Joe's fan, and then also because I think it has some really good lessons on things like building brand loyalty and providing more value to your audiences. And it cuts on this point of how important it is to build a really strong team and strong relationships with your customers, and that there are lots of opportunities to do this through personal communication. And so definitely made me think more about how I can be more personalized in my communications with my audiences at work. And I think these are lessons that are applicable whether you're in the grocery business or in tech or something else altogether. So that's a really good, quick read. I also think the book Good to Great by Jim Collins is a really great read. It's I think it was published in 2001. So it's been around for a while and a lot has changed definitely in the business world since it was published, but it has some really great foundational lessons on leadership. And then I would say lastly, on kind of a more daily basis, I like reading Adweek for Industry News.
0: Same here. <laughs>
1: it's also just a fun read. And I also love the website, Ask a Manager. It has just more general work insights. There's a lot of good advice for young women, I would say, definitely. And just general advice about work, whether you're dealing with like in-office issues, office politics, or being more successful with remote work. A lot of good content on there. It's just a fun read too.
0: Nice. I haven't heard of that actually. So I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Highly recommend. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Allie. It's been super fun having you here today. So thank you for sharing more about your role and offering up some advice. Definitely good to get back to all of that in the new year. So thank you for joining.
1: Thanks, Maria. Great talking to you.
0: So for our listeners, today's guest was Allie Hitchcock, Lifecycle Marketing Manager at House. Allie, I hope to have you back soon. Love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for taking a break with us and listening to our weekly episode of Activate by Remerge. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. The more people you tell, the further we can spread these awesome mobile marketing insights. See you next week.